never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Dracarys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that's traveled through the Wicked City to find the Ninja Scroll, and then we put that sword art online. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, or usually, would be my brother Peter. Um, he is actually out tonight. I'm actually flying solo. Um, so it's going to be just me. So I hope you don't mind listening to me talk to myself. Uh, hopefully I talk to you more than myself. Um, but yeah, Peter's not feeling the greatest. And uh, he said he was really out of it. So um, hopefully he feels better and he'll be back. That being said... Uh, the list Peter and I had planned for uh, my return back um, from being out of town was Jack Black movies, um, but with him being out, we're going to save that. I'm not going to spoil it uh, by giving you my list now. We'll wait till he's back in town, or better, he's feeling better, and we'll go from there. Um, so tonight, I'm going to put, I put together a little bit of a list for myself to do. Um, it's really just me talking about some stuff. It'll kind of wedge into my watching reading category a little bit. Because uh, when I have to do these solo shows, I try and find something that we can, uh, that I can talk to you about. That way I'm always hitting a top five list. And we'll see if Peter has anything to add to it later on. Um, that being said, um, let's jump right in. Um, watching and reading. All right, so I went out of town. Uh, so I did not get a chance to watch too terribly much in terms of new things. Uh, new things that I did watch. There is a new trailer for Scream that just dropped. Um, I've talked on the pod, pod, I have talked in the past on the podcast about how I uh, I'm a big fan of the franchise Scream. Um, it's one of my favorite horror movies. I know you can probably say it's not technically a quote unquote horror movie. It's more of a um, it's it's a mystery thriller. Um, the first one, in my opinion, is probably the tamest of the horror movies, and um, but it's so brilliant in terms of, you know, poking fun at the genre, utilizing the genre for what it is. There's some scary moments for sure, but there's some groundbreaking performances, and Drew Barrymore's work in that original is just, it, it's, a, it's such an amazing opening movie, um, and it set the stage for Ghostface um, to be one of the uh, really cool slasher villain. Um, the second movie, third movie, um, they got silly, but they poked fun at the genre, which is the point. And then the fourth movie I thought was a really good, um, upgraded departure from the norm because of some of the modern day stuff that they talked about. Well, here we are, we're about to get Scream 5, which is just simply titled Scream, which I think is interesting because that's different than when you have, uh, it's, it's really interesting when you have to go back and not put a number behind it. You're going to use it the same title. Uh, so it'll probably end up having a couple of years down the road. It'll probably have a year around it. and It'll be Scream 21, which will be the year it released. Um, that being said, uh, the trailer looks amazing. 
Um, it looks gripping and scary. It looks like they're really going back to the roots of what it was. They're trying to go for a scarier look. They're still poking fun like they're supposed to. They're still talking about the rules of surviving, which is awesome. Um, that's the kind of stuff we want from the franchise. That's the kind of thing that um, we look for when we look for a Scream movie. And um, I'm just excited. Uh, there's just some really great stuff with it. Seeing Nev Campbell again, seeing Courtney Cox, uh, David Arquette. I don't know if they're the only returning players uh, from the original series, but um, I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, there's also, I saw the trailer for the Resident Evil, the new Resident Evil movie. Uh, that's coming out. Um, the Attack on Rancoon City. I might have to look that up. Um, but that one is... Uh, that one's pretty sweet. Um, the Resident Evil movies we've gotten before with Alice, Mila Jovovich, and you know, that kind of thing. I liked them for the most part. They were fun. They were exciting. They weren't something that like I jumped at the chance to see. This one looks like Resident Evil. It looks, however, like they're focusing heavily on the games more than anything else. And um, there's a scene in the trailer which made me very hearken back to the game because they, they have this gorgeous shot of them walking into like this front foyer lobby section of, of, a, of a house or mansion, which is very similar to the very first game. It gave you that first game feels. Um, and I got really excited about it because I'm like, whoa, I've seen this room before. I know this room. I've walked through it several times. And it looks like they're just kind of trying to focus a little bit on that original game mentality. And they might be exploring beyond that first game, but I got that vibe right away and I thought it was awesome. Um, in terms of new stuff, that is about it. I was out of town last weekend. I didn't get a lot of chance to watch new. So what I did do, however, is I did finish uh, Cobra Kai, which I was talking about a week or two ago. I finished Current, so waiting for the new season to drop, which will be December 31st. Awesome. Um, I was really impressed with how, they handled, how they've been handling the show. I cannot wait to see where it goes. Um, I'm still doing a rewatch of The Witcher because I want to get that rewatched before the uh, new show comes out, the new season comes out. And then um, my kid is 12. He's about to be 13. He, we were out of town visiting some friends and one of some of the kids around his age were talking about how they were going to watch a scary movie and they really wanted to watch a scary movie, you know, sit outside, watch a scary movie in the dark, that kind of thing, which I never thought about doing like when I was younger, like the idea of that's really kind of creepy. So, um, <laughs> We're outside on the back patio and fired up a scary movie. Now, I originally mentioned Scream because I think for a first-time viewer, that might be a really good movie to break them into the genre. I do feel that watching a scary movie for the first time with your friends is kind of a rite of passage film. Like, there's always those scary movies our parents don't want us to watch, or maybe they told us not to watch, or maybe they showed us on their own, but... I, I lived in that household where my parents were like, you're not watching that, it's a horror movie, we don't watch that kind of stuff. So obviously the genre was a bit of an attraction because that's how you do things. Um, that being said, we uh, could not, because I was traveling, I didn't have my DVDs of Scream with me, so we had to rely on what was streaming and had a hard time finding Scream. So we ended up settling on the movie Freaky, which is that uh, horror movie uh, based on the Freaky Friday you know, situation. And it's such a brilliant film. The idea is right there. Like, when I watched the movie, I was like, man, 
why didn't I think of this first? Um, but I've already seen the movie. It was really fun to watch it through my son's eyes with his friends. And I watched it with them. And there were some parts where I know my son, you know, looked through it with his fingers. And, you know, he was he had a little hard time with the movie in some certain parts. But like I said, it's a rite of passage. We all have it. Um, the other boys, they seemed to really dig it. And uh, it was just a good time. It was, overall, it was just a really good, fun time. So um, in terms of watching and reading, that's what I got for you. Um, actually, in terms of watching, that's what I got for you. My reading stuff will come in later. Um, we'll talk that a little bit more on the back end uh, because it'll relate to my list and you'll understand why when we get there. Um, that being said, uh, let's jump into the news. Um, I know I'm solo and by myself. I know we're not getting Peter's commentary, but we got a bunch of news to talk about. And because I'm by myself, this may end up being a shorter show. Um, we'll see how this plays out. So I'm just going to try and talk through this and uh, we'll go from there. All right, so first off, first bit of news we got. Um, I'm going to kind of bounce around too. A lot of times I try and focus and keep them uh, linked together, like you know Marvel with DC and Marvel together, DC together, all that stuff. But I feel like all the stories tonight are really all over the place. Um, so first off, William Shatner, Captain Kirk himself, went into space. Um, at 90 years old, William Shatner achieved uh, distinction of the oldest person in space. He went with Jeff Bezos on his ship, and they, you know, went up and came back. Um, that's really cool that um, the Shat and uh, got to go up there. Captain Kirk got to be a captain in space for real. I think that's a fantastic opportunity for him. Um, the one thing that I absolutely think is the one of the funniest ideas is that I think the ground crew that were getting them or picking them up or whatever, I feel like they, I, I really hope they didn't miss the opportunity to all dress as characters from Planet of the Apes. So I just feel like that would have been the ultimate prank is Shatner getting off the, off the craft and all these people are dressed up as Planet of the Apes. Just that moment of, wait, what? <laughs> um, that That's just, it, the idea is just way too funny. And I really, I really hope that they didn't miss that opportunity. Um, so I just thought that was cool. wanted to bring that one up. Um, all right, since we're talking about outer space stuff, this is someone I'm really excited about, and this is something I forgot was coming. Um, I've talked about in the past about how I'm a fan of the movie Alien, the Alien, the Alien movies or the franchise, that franchise in general. Um, I love those. They're, they're just absolutely amazing horror films. However, um, Ridley Scott is working on a television show, an Alien TV show for FX. Um, I do wonder how that's going to play because it's FX and what can and cannot, can they not do? Um, what are their limitations? Um, American Crime Story Impeachment is on uh, FX right now, and they really do not hold back with any of the language, which somehow they're getting away with that. It is cable as opposed to network television, so it does make me wonder if that's the limitation, but they're allowing the um, freedom of language at the very least. So hopefully that gives them some freedom when this show drops because I'm actually kind of really excited about seeing the Alien French, the new Alien show. However, I thought this was interesting that Ridley Scott doesn't think his new Alien show will top his first movie. He said, and I quote, it'll never be as good as the first one. Um, is, uh, <coughs> sorry, I had to cough there. Um, and he, uh, I mean, he would know better than any of the rest of us. And I think that first one, if you saw that one first would really, you know, hold the weight. I think I saw the first one second. I think I saw the second one first. I know I watched them on a miss in this order and I believe that's the order I watched them in. So, uh, 
but yeah, I'm really excited for it. And I mean, more alien stuff is better in my opinion. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's jump down to here. Yeah. Nope. The screen trailer. We talked about that already. Um, let's talk about He-Man Revelation, uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation on Netflix. Um, part one is out the first five episodes. They're great. Um, I was really excited and had that kid moment, got to go back and be a kid a little bit. And it was, it's exactly what I needed. Um, the second part has been a big question as to when that's coming. Um, Kevin Smith released a post and part two of Masters of the Universe Revelation will be hitting Netflix on November 23rd. Now, November 23rd is going to be that. I feel like this Thanksgiving break is going to be huge for all of us because we're getting He-Man, we're getting Hawkeye, we're getting right before that on November 12th, we have Disney Plus Day and they're going to dump a ton of content for us to watch uh, along with Shang-Chi and a whole bunch of other like documentaries, Star Wars, Marvel, that kind of stuff. So we gotta, we're going to have a lot of stuff to watch over these holiday breaks. Um, so um, I'm really excited uh, for the Thanksgiving weekend so we can all sit around instead of watching uh, the normal Thanksgiving stuff, we can watch some He-Man and um, have a good time. Um, so yeah, He-Man's coming back uh, November 23rd, faster than I thought. Um, now I do have, uh, yeah, I guess I have a lot of Marvel news as opposed to splitting it up all over the place. So we'll lump all that stuff together. Um, all right, that 70s show. Um, I don't know. We'll have to, Peter might be one to talk about this when he gets back. Um, that 70s show, I, what I saw of it, now I didn't watch the whole run of the show. Um, I did watch a good chunk, Topher Grace, Mila Kunis, um, you know, uh, Wilbur, Wilbur Wald, Valderrama. Um, it was a funny show. I enjoyed what I saw of it. I just didn't watch the whole run. Um, but it's returning. Um, and it's going to be that 90s show, which will be a spinoff. And um, the parents are coming back. It sounds like they're the ones that they want. I don't know if it's the ones they want to focus on or how it's going to play out. But it's going to be the 90s. Um, and I guess the cast will come back and we'll see how it plays out. Now, in a world of bringing everything back and redoing shows and we have Fuller House and, you know, anything else that's quote unquote come back, I mean, why not? It's, it's what we do now, right? So, um, I say let's check it out. I'm excited to see it. Um, I love watching, uh, Red tell Eric he's a dumbass. So as long as we get more of that, I'm in. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that 70 show's or that 70 show is coming back in form. It's going to be called that 90s show. Um, all right, now let's talk some Marvel. We got a, ooh, no, 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 one more item, and then we'll talk Marvel, because we got a handful of Marvel stories. Um, first off, so Cowboy Bebop uh, is going to be, was an anime back in the 90s. Um, it will be on as a Netflix live-action show, which I cannot wait for. November 19th, I believe, is when it drops. The original anime is going to be arriving on Netflix on October 21st. So it looks like I will be doing a rewatch of Cowboy Bebop. I'm kind of excited about this. The show is great. Um, if you're an anime fan, I feel like this is a must-watch. If you've never watched this show, I really think you should give this a go, only because the live-action show, if you have any interest in watching uh, Intergalactic Space Bounty Hunters... Um, if you have any interest in the show, watch the trailer, watch the opening sequence, because they did drop the opening sequence, which just 
blew my mind when I saw it. But the cool part about it is they're picking up where the anime left off. So I'm going to rewatch the anime and be ready to go to re to start the actual show. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, by all means, check it out. So get ready to watch that on October 21st. Um, all right, Marvel news. Here we go. First off, Agatha Christie, Agatha Christie, Agatha Harkness from WandaVision will be getting a spinoff um, at Disney+. Plus. There is a uh, WandaVision spinoff. Catherine Hahn will return to play Agatha in what is being described as a dark comedy. Exact storyline and setting details are not being revealed yet, but WandaVision writer uh, Jack Schaefer will both write and executive produce the Agatha Harkness series. Now, we all were told when WandaVision ended that we would be getting more Agatha Harkness. Um, I was expecting more Agatha Harkness come Doctor Strange, for example. Um, but to get a whole show on it, I thought that was kind of cool. So we'll see where that goes. Maybe Wanda will make an appearance. Maybe she won't. But this could be leading somewhere specific. Um, Marvel's doing a lot of like world building right now. They've created a world that we live in. They've created a television series we got to see on the big screen. They've also created a TV series that adds to it that we watch at home on Disney+. And they're building to something more. And we already have seen the television show movie crossovers with Black Widow. Um, it's coming. It's gonna. This world is going to get bigger and bigger. And I'm very just so excited to see where Marvel takes these things. Um, we have Eternals coming out real soon. Um, hopefully uh, by next episode. I have my... I'm Because I traveled last weekend, I'm going to be seeing Bond... As soon as we get done with this episode, I'm going to be going to see James Bond, so I'll have my review for that next week. Uh, but Eternals will be up soon, so hopefully I have uh, we'll have a review for that soon. I'm kind of looking forward to see Eternals. That being said, I have this. I guess this is technically not a spoiler for Eternals, but I want to bring this up. Um, and please, before I jump into what it is, understand that I'm not going to spoil anything about the movie. Um, because I don't believe knowing the number of bonus scenes in the post-credits of the Marvel films is considered a spoiler. I don't want to know what they are, but I do. But knowing that I have two or three bonus scenes is kind of nice because sometimes those credits can get really long and you're either waiting for one at the end or one in the middle and one at the end or how it's going to work out. Or like Guardians 5, there's, Guardians 2, there's five bonus scenes in the opening credits. Um... So the Eternals uh, director has confirmed that the film has two post-credit scenes. That's all he's going to say. He's not going to say anything more. So he says, just don't stay for the first one. He also said, both have important weight to the story. So that means going forward, both are going to have important weight and they have in, um, big surprises. That's all she said. Um, so I'm really excited to see what these bonus scenes are. Um, I don't know a lot about Eternals. When you look at Shang-Chi, um, before I saw the movie, Shang-Chi was always a background character. I didn't know a lot about him. Those bonus scenes, one had heavy weight towards the overarching Marvel story, and then one was very Shang-Chi based. I do wonder if they'll do something like that with Eternals, or they'll both be heavy weighted Marvel Universe um, bonus scenes. So we'll see. But there's two bonus scenes. Probably one, probably one in the middle, probably one at the end. Uh, just make sure you don't get up and walk out uh, before you see all of them. All right. Um, let's see. There is uh, casting for Adam Warlock. 
Now, if you remember Guardians of the Galaxy 2, there's a bonus scene where, um, uh, there is a bonus scene, what's the name of that faction? The Saffron, is that what it was? Yeah, they um they had at they had what appeared to be Adam Warlock encased in some kind of like a tomb coffin like cryostasis. We're not really sure what it was, but they mentioned his name, and you're just like, oh my godness, we're gonna see Adam Warlock live live action at some point. Well, um, for Guardians of the Galaxy three, they have cast uh, Adam Warlock, and it's gonna be played by Will Poulter. Um, if the name doesn't ring a bell. Um, you possibly have seen the movie, um, uh, We're the Millers, uh, with Jennifer Aniston and Jason Sudeikis. He was the, uh, he played, um, he played the kid that followed Jason Sudeikis around all the time. Um, he's honestly a really, really good actor. I'm kind of, he's, he's a comedic actor too, so I'm kind of curious to see where they're going to take it. But comedic actors do a really nice job when they have to play serious stuff. There's always humor in Marvel movies, but sometimes when you play, but sometimes you got to do the serious stuff in Marvel movies. It can't all just be jokes. And he's like, comedic actors know timing really well, and that helps with dramatic acting. So when we get into it, this could be really good. Um, so I'm excited to see his take on it. I'm excited to see where it goes, but we're getting Adam Warlock live screen, and I honestly can't believe we live in a world where that's a thing. Um, so I just think that's awesome. Um, all right. Now, uh, Moon Knight news. Um, apparently, George Clooney has been rumored to have directed an episode of the Moon Knight for Disney+. Plus. I find this really interesting I figured after Batman and Robin, George Clooney would never want to touch uh, the property of uh, of any comic book property again. But if he wants to play in the series, maybe he's a big fan of Moon Knight. Maybe he's got an idea that he wants to try a hand at directing. And someone said, hey, why not come play in our sandbox? Try it out. Um, I really, really don't know. I just thought that was interesting. So we'll see. Moon Knight is such a cool character. Um, I really, when they announced that they were doing a Moon Knight show, I got really excited. So let's see what happens. Um, all right. And surprise, surprise, Hawkeye is coming out. I mentioned that Hawkeye will be out November 24th. That's the release date. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone. We get some Hawkeye. Um, the big surprise is just dropped literally right before I started uh, recording tonight. Uh, the first two episodes of Hawkeye will drop together on November 24th. So we're going to get double the action of Hawkeye. Um, that does make me wonder if episode one to two, like when you watch Daredevil, the old Daredevil show on Netflix or the Netflix Daredevil show they did with Charlie Cox, the first two episodes play together like it's a movie and then it leads into the series that you're going to get. I do wonder if Hawkeye plays that way and that's why we're getting the first two episodes right away. Um, either way is awesome. I'm excited for it. Um, I really hope if I had any, after seeing the trailer, we're going to get a lot of characters. I'm honestly just hoping that we get, um, Yelena from Black Widow. I really hope she makes an appearance. I really hope that wasn't just a throwaway thing that we're, you know, I know Marvel wouldn't do something like that, but I just hope we get, I hope we get all that stuff together i hope it doesn't take place in a movie and i hope yelena's in the hawkeye show because i felt that that bonus scene in black widow was the setup hawkeye or help set up what we were going to see in hawkeye so we'll see how that plays out um 
And honestly, that's it for the news. Um, normally with Peter here, we uh, chit-chat a little bit longer because he's going to comment, comment on the show, but are on the news as segments as we go through the show. Um, but yeah, that's it for the news. So, um, with that being said, since I'm by myself, let's talk about the top five for the night. Um, and it's something I basically put together kind of last minute since I was going to do, be doing the show solo, but it predicates on my watching and reading stuff. So, uh, with that being said, Ryan, it's time for the top five list, so do me a favor and roll the thing. And now for the top five. All right. So, like I said, this predicates on my watching and reading category. Now, I have talked about in the past that I have finally jumped on into the world of digital comic books. Um, I'm a big, big reader. Um, there's, I have a massive book collection in my house. I, I'm one of those guys that like, I like to own everything I read. I love libraries, libraries, bookstores. I have a giant DVD collection. I have a giant book collection and I have to have them alphabetized and organized and, you know, and they have to be shelved. They have to look like they're part of a library. My books are all properly set up on the shelves. So it looks like you're in a bookstore or something. Um, so I'm just really anal and meticulous about it. That being said, I've had a really hard time in the world of digital reading, uh, going forward because I don't like having, I want to flip pages. I want the book in my hand. I want the smell of the pages. I want the, the feel of the pages in my fingers. I want to be able to turn them as I go. Um, but I've said in previous episodes that one of my problems is I can't like, because of my job, um, because of my, because I work in law enforcement, it's not conducive to carry books around with me and read them as I can. So I was like, well, how do I do this? And then I kind of stumbled on the digital comics so I can have them on my phone. And if it's lunch, I can just pull up my phone and sit and read some comics on my lunch break or something or, you know, and I'm finding myself reading them here and there as opposed to looking at social media. It's this wonderful breath, breath of fresh air. Um, so I got the DC infinite app. Uh, and I have the Marvel Unlimited app, and I read them to share equal weight between the two apps because, you know, I've said on the podcast that I favor DC or Marvel. Okay, but I love reading Marvel too. I want to sh- I want to give the weight to either one. So I'm doing this really weird like every two days. I go I read like DC for two days, and I read Marvel for two days, DC for two days, and I go back and forth. Um, it gives a nice even blend to the to the apps. That being said, I'm going to talk about, and I know that's one thing I say too many times is that being said, I feel like if you're doing a top five report drinking game, um, that being said, would be a a good one. Um, At any rate, so we're going to go through the five comic books that I'm reading right now because I have a big catch up I got to do with Marvel Comics. I'm very, very behind. So I'm trying to read like what I'm doing right now. And these are the ones I'm like really excited about at the moment. So... What I'm doing is, is on the DC side and the Marvel side, I have a, a couple things going on together um, at the same time. So I have, like, I'm reading, like, a Batman, and then I'm reading Justice League, and I'm reading, like, Black Widow, and I'm reading, like, the X-Men. So I have, like, my team book, and then I have, like, my single character book. So I'm reading, like, like four different titles on each one, and when I open up the app, it's like, what did I read? What was the, not the most uh, recent, but... 
the last one. So like I kind of go, what's the one I read the longest ago? <laughs> if that's the way of wording it, that's not the greatest English, but I think you understand what I mean. Um, so I'll look at that. So I'm reading like a couple single character books, like the focus on specific characters, and then I'm reading the teams. And it's a nice little blend to kind of get it all together. Um, so DC I'm very caught up with. Um, I'm behind on some of the Rebirth stuff, so I'm trying to play catch-up on the Rebirth. And so that's where I am with the DC. Marvel I'm very behind with. There was uh, incidents with uh, Spider-Man a long time ago where he made a deal with the devil, and I got angry about it because Spider-Man would never make a deal with the devil. If you know anything about Peter Parker, he would never have done that. Um, but And it made me get kind of bitter about Marvel and not want to read Marvel for a while. So I stepped away from that franchise for a little bit in terms of the comics. And now that I'm back in it, I'm playing a lot of catch-up. So I wanted to... So we're going through this, and I will um, talk through the ones that really stood out for me right now. Um, I have two honorable mentions before I get to my list. One of them is the 1990s Justice League, or JLA, run by Grant Morrison. It's a very lengthy series. I have read a very small section of it. Um, when I say lengthy, it's like 100-plus issues. Um, so I basically I've read a small chunk at the beginning, uh, really enjoyed it, but I never kept going. The 90s was a really weird period for comics because uh, both DC and Marvel were doing goofy things. Uh, for example, Spider-Man was going through the whole clone saga, which that got really convoluted and hard to follow. Um, DC was doing some stuff because you were you were Pat, you were dealing with the death and stuff of Superman, the nightfall with Batman, you were dealing with um, Azrael Batman, which I, I thought the costume was cool, but he was a little mentally insane. Uh, Superman got to a point where his powers got split, so he was like two entities. You had a red Superman and a blue Superman. The blue one had like lightning powers and energy-based stuff. It was it was kind of weird. Wonder Woman wasn't like Diana anymore. It was Hippolyta, her mother. Like there was some crazy stuff that happened within the realm of that run. Um, there's some really cool stuff that came out of it, but I never finished the run. So as an honorable mention, I'm kind of going back in time and random and reading trying to read through and hopefully and to finish the Grant Morrison run. Uh, so that's an honorable mention. Uh, the other honorable mention of, I have is a book I've never read yet, and I'm very excited to. Um, Scott Snyder, who I think is one of the cool, like he his writing in terms of comics is mind-blowing. The stories that he comes up with, the way he puts them together, the, the dialogue that is like this beautiful prose on the page, um, and how he handled Batman um, and some of the DC products uh i'm just completely in awe over i got a chance to meet him he's such a cool guy um he took he was so gracious enough to take a little bit of time to talk to me about it too um but he's doing a book for image comics called noctera uh with artist tony s daniel the artwork caught my attention i saw it on an instagram post i'm like what is this it just caught my attention i'm like this is some cool stuff i gotta know what this is so it's, uh, Tony S. Daniel and Scott Snyder teamed up to do a book for um, Image. Um, it's called Noctera. It just looks weird and crazy and bizarre. And sometimes that's what you want from a comic. You don't. Sometimes you got to step away from the capes and see what you got. So uh, the beginning. Um, it takes place ten years. Just to give you a synopsis, because I have not read this. So this is a synopsis I'm getting offline. I the reason I hadn't read it is because I stumbled onto it after the book had started. 
So I basically ordered uh, the graphic novel, um, at which will be in my hands momentarily. It comes out on like October 19th. So by the time this episode drops, I will have it in my hands. Um, I'm excited to read it too. It says, so 10 years after the world is plunged into an everlasting night that turns all living creatures into monsters, the only way to survive is stay close to artificial light. Um, and then we end, we uh, introduce our main character, Valenta, or Val Riggs, as a skilled ferryman who transports people and goods along deadly unlit roads with her heavily illuminated uh, 18-wheeler. Um, that just sounds crazy and interesting, and I just... I, I the, and the artwork is unbelievably stunning. So uh, Scott Snyder and Tony S. Daniel, um, just based on the synopsis and <laughs> and the artwork, you have my full attention. I can't wait to read this book. But um, the stuff that they've released for it just sound awesome. Uh, so those are my two honorable mentions. All right. So actual um, actual picks for the night. So first off, my first actual pick for the night is um, X Men. Uh, the Jim Lee run all the way back to the 90s. Um, this is back when Jim Lee, before he started working for DC Comics, he worked for Marvel and did a run on X-Men, and it changed X-Men forever. It changed the way they look, the way you write, the way you feel about the characters, like everything, and it was all it was literally all in the artwork. Chris Claremont's writing, amazing, but Jim Lee's artwork, like, I mean, it changed the landscape of comics. Um, that X-Men number one with Jim Lee's name attached to it, it just blew the world away. Um, I read bits and pieces here and there in high school, and the majority of my X-Men viewing in terms of that, like his, that art style was so influential it carried over into the cartoon um, that is on Disney+. Plus. So if you want to get a glimpse of that art style, go watch the cartoon on Disney+, Plus. but it doesn't nearly do it justice. Jim Lee's art is just astounding. Um, he... This specific series, um, like I said, I've read a chunk of it, but not all of it. It's lengthy. Um, so I decided I'm going to read this, um, and I'm going through it slowly. I'm probably maybe 11 issues in. It's awesome. There's things that I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this because I read that issue, and then I'm like, wait, I don't remember this at all. So just going back on that nostalgic trip um, has been fantastic. Um, all right, the next one on my list is Black Widow. Um, Black Widow, because of the movies, has become one of my absolute favorite Avenger characters. Um, and Black Widow was always like a side character for me. She was always a secondary background character, uh, supporting role, if you will. Um, so what I did was, is I decided I'm going to go and read some Black Widow. Um, so, and I don't even know where to start at all. I have no clue. So what I'm doing is, is I decided to just you know, search Black Widow and see what popped up and grab what caught my attention. Uh, so the one that I just finished, I just finished the story arc. Um, it's called Black Widow Homecoming. And uh, it's by Richard Morgan. Um, the idea, the best way I can describe it is um, the story itself is very much like the movie in terms of the origin and where she came from and her training and, you know, players involved and like, and I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting to jump into movie source material. I don't know if this was used for story uh, source material, but it is part of the uh, Marvel Knights run. Um, and I think maybe it was just them wanting to tell the Black Widow story. Um, so, um, uh, but, the, but it was a lot of fun to read. It had, it was, had me completely um, 
at the edge of my seat and I couldn't stop reading it. It was just great. Um, so Black Widow, um, yeah, Black Widow, uh, Homecoming. It's just a really, really cool, uh, story arc. Um, so if you liked the movie, check it out. Otherwise there's plenty of other Black Widow stuff that I'm planning on, um, getting my hands on, um, as I go. Um, the next one on my list as I change screens here, um, the Batman who laughs, um, talking about DC here, uh, Scott Snyder, who I mentioned from, uh, this book, Noctera, he did this amazing stuff with the Batman character. It's that I, that is like, there's a point where there's no words. And as I'm stumbling over my words to talk, um, he did. He he created the Court of Owls, and he took us on a ride with the death of the family. And he's like the and then Batman Eternal. The thing Scott Snyder is doing with Batman is just or had done with Batman is astounding. But then he decided to do this uh, dark metal, uh, death metal like thing with uh, Batman. He did the metal series, the Dark Knight's metal. And he had multiple Batmans. Um, the coolest part about that was every world in the multiverse had a different Batman. So you had the Red Death Batman, who was basically Batman with Flash's powers. And then you had an Aquaman Batman and the Green Lantern Batman and so on. And they all came, like, you got the origin story on all these. But the one that was the most chilling was the Batman Who Laughs. It was like a, it was like a conglomeration of the Joker and Batman together. And if Batman broke and became Joker-esque, that character, um, it's, it's a very dark read. There's a lot of, like, heavy content um, to that. But it's incredible. It's, ab like, the character itself, the, um, the, the differences between the Batman we know and the Batman who laughs. And it makes you wonder as you're reading, wow, this Batman who laughs might actually be better than the Batman we know and have grown up with. Um, but in the series, you also get... Um, you also meet up with a character by the name of the of Batman the Grim Knight is a part of this. Um, he's a Batman from another world, and he is basically Batman. If Batman and the Punisher were the same character, it's nuts. He carries he uses guns and kills his opponents. And the thing that caught my attention about the the Grim Knight was that. And I know that I'm behind, so if you're listening to this, yeah, I've already read this, that's great, but I was behind and trying to save the Batman for laughs for a perfect, like, rainy day afternoon kind of a situation to sit and just read and ignore the world. But the thing about the Grim Knight that really got my attention was um, the fact that we all know Bruce Wayne and his parents went down that alleyway and his parents were shot. And that's, you like to argue, then that's when Bruce Wayne died as well, because that's the day that the Batman was really born. This is a thing where, Bat, you know, they have those discussions where Batman, there's the, there's that little, like, part of the world that says Batman never kills. Okay. Well, then we roll into the fact that, you know, Batman never kills, but at the same time, you have that in the movies. Well, this is where the Grim Knight, um when the killer killed his parents and dropped the gun, Bruce Wayne picked up the gun and killed the killer, like, instantly. And he went on this complete insane rampage of, no, I don't want anyone to feel like this again, so I'm going to take out anyone who does this to anybody. Um, and he goes on a killing spree. 
what I love about the idea of this is he trained himself just like the Batman did and grew up and trained and became Batman, but with guns. And there's a scene where he's fighting. So you have Batman that we all know and love that we grew up with fighting the Grim Knight. And the Grim Knight says to him, you know, in my world, there is no Joker. There is no Riddler. There is no Penguin. There is no. And he's listing all these characters because he killed them or because they never emerged because he was taking out. He was taking it all out on the. Um, you know, on the underworld that no one rose up to match him. Um, so it was just the idea that the, between the two, where you have the one Batman where people say that, you know, it, they're all attracted to the level of violence, they're all attracted to the idea of Batman, where, and with the Grim Knight in his world, they couldn't do that. It's just, it was, it was incredible, and I just loved reading through it. So The Batman Who Laughs, I highly recommend it. Such a good read. Um, all right. Going a little faster than I thought, but hey, that's all right. Um, the next one, my number two pick for the night, is Captain America, the Ed Brubaker run. Now, Ed Brubaker is the uh, creator who brought back... He brought back Captain America in a big, bad way when he introduced and created the Winter Soldier. Um, there's a really great interview on uh, another podcast from Kevin Smith's Fat Man and Batman where Ed Brubaker really breaks down... The creation of the Winter Soldier, how he came up with it, his love for Bucky and all that stuff as a kid, and the fact that Bucky never really got a death episode or a death issue, so he wanted to create that, and that let, you know, there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole huge story to how that all played out. That being said, Captain America, the Ed Brubaker run, um, leads into Civil War, leads into Bucky becoming Captain America, so on. Um, I always wanted to read this, um in its entirety because I feel like the trade um, or the graphic novel didn't cover everything. Sometimes graphic novels, when you have like annuals or excerpts or like side stories, they don't cover every book and that could be lacking sometimes. So I'm reading the full run. Um, it has got me so completely like hooked and enamored. It's, it's, it's amazing. And Edward Baker is doing an amazing job with this book. Um, I just, and I know it's an older book, so it's just, he did an amazing job as I put this in past tense. Um, but I'm just kind of in awe of it. And I feel like I kind of really missed out in my Marvel, uh, getting mad at Spider-Man and not reading it. Um, so I'm playing catch up, but Captain America, the Winter Soldier, the Ed Brubaker run, absolutely phenomenal. All right, and my final pick of the night is Detective Comics. Now, I've always talked about how I'm a Batman fan. This is Detective Comics in a big, bad way. I'm not just jumping in and playing where I left off. I someday want to be able to say that I've unlocked the achievement of um, reading every Detective Comics issue there is. Um, that means I have to start at the beginning you know, and you go into Batman's first appearance in Detective Comics 27, and then you roll through. The really interesting thing about this is I think I'm on issue... I'm in the 300s, like the 320s right now. Um, so I'm making progress. I'm, it's hard to read because of how old the series is. Um, you're going back to World War II, world before World War II, so you're dealing with Great Depression. You start off with, like, Great Depression dialogue, um, you know, and you have the lady like, no, those are the jewels I saved from the Great Depression, and, you know, that kind of talk. And then you eventually roll in. You're, I'll eventually get up to more modern times. Um, I'm really loving how the comic 
as an art form has evolved, and I'm not talking about the art of the comic, but the structure of the book um, has evolved. Uh, I'm also fascinated by the character introductions and where characters got introduced in the overarching story, like when we first got to see the Joker, when we first get to see Catwoman, when we first get to see, you know, so on and so on. Like Martian Manhunter's first appearance was in Detective Comics. Elongated Man's first appearance was in Detective Comics. So seeing these, um, I'm really, really enjoying what I'm really excited to see is when we get to Crisis on Infinite Earths and how that affects the book. And I've never read DC books in terms of knowing where Crisis on Infinite Earths sits and becomes after. Because for me, I read DC books here and there as a kid. I didn't read Crisis on Infinite Earths until I was an adult. So now knowing that Crisis on Infinite Earths was that big event that shook up the DC world... You can have an event modern times, and how did that play out? I can't wait to see how it, what the fallout of Crisis and Infinite Earths was on a specific character or a specific book. That's something I'm really excited to get to, and obviously eventually read up to it. But one of these days, I will be able to say, I've read every episode of Detective Comics, Achievement Unlocked, awesome. Um, so one of these days, I'll get there. But it's a long time, and I'm just enjoying the slow burn right now. I'm enjoying the slow read. Both apps, the DC Infinite app, the Marvel Unlimited app, uh, you guys have my attention, you have my money, take it, because I'm in for the long haul. This is, these are two great apps, and it's kept me off social media in terms of like some of the horrible stuff that floats around in our world sometimes. It's kind of nice to get a break, kind of get a nice of uh, um, breather from all that. Um, so that being said, I'm, I need to get a little more a little more active on the social media in terms of this podcast, but it's keeping me from looking at some of the weird stuff that I don't need to be looking at, and I can just enjoy some comics here and there. Um, so if you at all have an inkling to read the... Uh, if you have all any interest in checking out these apps, they're awesome. I'm not trying to sell, them, sell you on them. They're not sponsoring the show or anything. I'm not making money by saying anything. I just figured, let's talk about some stuff that I'm reading right now, or at least finish reading, and... Uh, Go from there because uh, there's a lot of comic books out there and I'm finding out how far behind in Marvel I really am. So it's going to take me a long time to catch, get caught up, but it's going to be a really fun ride getting caught up. Um, so yeah, that kind of brings us to the end of the episode for the night. Um, like I said, Peter is under the weather. Hopefully he's back next week. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, he said he was feeling okay but he wanted to sit it out probably wanted to sleep it out too you know what i mean so for right now i'm going to assume that peter's back next week and we will be doing our jack black um movies so um that'll be the focus next week as long as peter's back if not i will try and figure something out maybe i'll have a guest on we'll see what happens um so do everyone a favor um or do me a favor Check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email. Um, there you can uh, interact at top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there, hit up on our social media. Either way works. Um, we are on Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. And... Um, you can leave us a review in those places. Um, we love those five stars, but we understand criticism because that makes us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter's not here to give us his closing joke, so I will just say thank you for listening to me ramble on by myself for a little while. Um, 
and uh, hopefully Peter's back next week. Um, so that's another episode in the can for me. For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a good night.